Trinity Baptist Church. Listen to this reading from the book of Proverbs. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God, the word of the Lord. Last week we started this series called Words to Live By, in which we are taking words or themes from the book of Proverbs, and, and we are trying to, to mine the wisdom that is there for, for our lives. And as I mentioned last week, I think often we find ourselves kind of behind the curve in life, right? I mean, you, you, you find yourself in a, in a situation or circumstance where, you, where you're thinking, man, if I just would have really thought about this, or I just would have done this, or, or you know, had, had somebody tell me about that, then I wouldn't be in this situation. Ever feel like you're behind the curve in life? Or are you just not? Yeah, I mean, I think we've all been there. There's a flip side to that, though. And that is sometimes we do have, we do know what we should have done. We do have the wisdom ahead of time. We're just not willing to do it. Right? I mean, have you ever been in that situation where, where you knew what the right thing to do was, but you decided you were going to do something else anyway. And then you started going to people, telling them about your situation, asking them for a solution. And when they told you the right thing that you already knew, you went and asked somebody else. And then asked somebody else until you got to somebody who told you the wrong thing that you'd already... And then you said, yeah, I agree with that. Because you just want them to validate so that you have somebody else saying, yeah, I go that wrong way. You know, sometimes we know more than we're willing to um, actually do. But what, what the book of Proverbs is telling us, and, and the passage that Jacqueline just read for us, says that wisdom is something that we can gain. Wisdom is something that we, we can get ahead of the curve in life. We don't have to learn from our mistakes. You don't have to make a mistake in order to learn. You can learn before the mistake and, and get ahead of it. And, and so Solomon is saying that wisdom is, is it's a precious gem. It's, it's a treasure that we, that we should search for. And if we do that then, and, and, and apply what we learn, then we will experience this prosperous and abundant life that God created us for. Now, last week, the first word to live by that we looked at was the word guard. Because in Proverbs 4.23, it says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life, which means that, that everything that we do flows from our heart. And when we talk about, you know, when the scriptures talk about heart, it's talking about the, the core of our being, the essence of who we are. And so, 
Solomon is saying, above everything else, you need to prioritize taking care of your heart. And what taking care of your heart means is that you, you monitor what goes in because whatever's going in is going to come out. And so you got to make sure that bad stuff's not going in and make sure that good stuff is going in. So that was the first thing that we looked at. The second word that um, we want to consider, second theme that we want to consider from the book of Proverbs is this word fear. But before we do that, I want to ask you to think about something for a minute. Picture in your mind the wisest person you know. All right? And, and I'm, I'm not talking about somebody that you know of, like, you know, President Obama or Oprah or somebody like that. Picture the wisest person that you actually know. Maybe it's your mom or your dad or somebody standing on this plat- platform. Um, I don't know. Just, you know, the wisest person that you know. You got him? Okay, if the wisest person you know is also the most educated person you know, raise your hand. Okay, they've got, they got bachelor's, master's, doctorate. They've, they've spent more years in school. They've gone to more seminars. They've got more credentials knowledge-wise, Okay. All right, raise your hand. Okay, so there's about six or seven of us. So what that says to us is that you can be wise and education, but education does not make you wise. Okay? All right. Now, if the picture you have, if the person you have pictured in your mind as the wisest person you know, is also the most affluent person you know, the wealthiest person you know. Raise your hand. I see two. All right, so what that tells me is that you can be wealthy and wise, but it's even rarer than education. That the ability to accumulate Wealth does not make you wise. Now, the picture that you have person picture the pictured you have personed in your mind, the person you have pictured in your mind, if that person is is also the person who brings the most emotional and relational health to circumstances, raise your hand. That's like almost all of us. So whatever wisdom is, wisdom is not the ability to accumulate wealth. Wisdom is not education. Wisdom is something that, that gives you an uncanny ability to create health and well-being both, in your, both for your life personally, but also for the lives that you touch. And so, so wise people are people that we are drawn to. Why? Because there's this, 
sense of wellness and wholeness and fulfillment around them that we say we want what they have. Right? That's, that's kind of the fruit of wisdom. But this text that, we, that Jacqueline read for us says there's, there's kind of a, an interesting little phrase in here. Solomon says, we are to pursue wisdom as a, tre- as a precious treasure. He says, if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. The fear of the Lord. We don't generally think of fear as a good thing. Right? I mean, parents don't teach your children, you know, you need to be fearful. No, we teach them to be confident and, you know, don't be afraid and all that stuff. So for many of us, maybe for most of us, the idea that fear would be positive is foreign to us. Let me read a few other Proverbs. This is across the page in in chapter 1, verse (coughs) 7. Solomon says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Here, um, knowledge and wisdom are synonymous. And in this verse, um, Solomon is saying that whatever this path is, whatever this journey is that goes from being a fool to being a wise person, it begins with this thing called the fear of the Lord. In nine, um, chapter 9, verse 10, it says this, very uh, similar. He says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Whatever wisdom is, whatever understanding is, it begins with this thing called the fear of the Lord. Chapter 14, verse 27. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, turning a person from the snares of death. See, not only is the fear of the Lord the beginning of knowledge or the beginning of wisdom, but somehow it moves us from death to life. And I love this this imagery. It's the fountain of life. It's like it, you know, it just keeps shooting forth. That life is just erupting from this thing called the fear of the Lord. In 19, verse 23, the fear of the Lord leads to life. Then one rests content, untouched by trouble. Anybody here just love to be discontent? You just love to be in trouble? We make decisions in life primarily because we want to be content. We want to be satisfied. We don't want to be in trouble. I can't remember one decision that I made where I thought, you know, this is going to get me in trouble, therefore I'm going to do it. Okay, I did that in high school a few times, but not recently. I haven't done that. 
we, we make decisions, choices in life because we want to be content. We want to be satisfied. We want to be fulfilled. We don't want to be in trouble. And what this proverb is telling us is that the fear of the Lord leads to that. It says that, um, you know, no matter what kind of struggles, no matter what kind of hardships or troubles we might go through, those things are not going to touch us at the core of our being. So what is this thing called the fear of the Lord? The Hebrew word translated here as fear has a range of meaning. Um, from respect to reverence to awe to utter terror. So it can mean any of those things. But if you, if you really think about it, each of those things is really just a, a, a varying degree of the same emotion in us. Um, you respect or you revere or you awe or you're really afraid of. It's all kind of the same thing, just in varying degrees. So no matter how you uh, try to define this, we all kind of know what fear is, right? I mean, fear is a common human emotion. We've all had it. How many of you like horror movies? Wow, you are really weird people. I hate horror movies. I have always hated horror movies. But when I was in high school, I went to just about every horror movie that came out. And the reason? It's because the girls that I dated loved horror movies. And you got to please the ladies, Right? Amen. You got to please the ladies. So I would go to these horror movies, and, you know, I thought of myself as kind of a macho, kind of cool guy, but the music would get eerie, and I'd just start to freak out a little bit. And so the way I dealt with it was I just closed my eyes. Because if you close your eyes, you don't see the camera going down the dark corridor and you know there's something lurking in the shadows. You just hear the music and you can just kind of go, you know, and just, and, and just kind of be cool with it. But I just didn't, I, those, they made me so afraid. Fear is a common emotion, no matter how macho or... or courageous we want to be, we all experience fear of something. In fact, some of us live with fear every day. Fear is often associated with the unknown and the unpredictable. 
the, the eerie music starts playing and you don't know what's coming next, but you just have a bad sense of what's coming. Or there, you, you think there's something lurking in the shadows. You don't know and it, you can't predict it, but, but fear often is associated with that. We get afraid because we don't know what the doctor is going to say. We have fear because we don't know how our spouse is going to react. We have fear because we don't know what the boss is going to do with regard to this. There's this sense of of fear that comes with the unknown. There have been a number of psychological and cognitive studies that have shown that fear is one of the primary human motivators. In, In fact, some Social scientists will say that fear is the chief human motivator. There's a psychologist named Dominic Maglio who wrote this. He says, fear is inevitable in human existence. And even if we could create a fantasy world where fear did not exist, it would be detrimental to the development of human character. What Maglio is saying is, we're all going to experience fear, and at the end of the day, that's a good thing. Because fear can, can motivate us to get better. Fear um, can help us develop our character. He goes on, he says, A balance between awareness of what you have and the dangers that exist in the world is necessary for being a highly functioning person. Realistic fears assist us in setting limits. Realistic fears assist us in setting limits, protect us from foolish, risky behavior, and create a sanctuary to rejuvenate ourselves. In other words, um, Maglio says, fear is inevitable. We're all going to experience it. And we should embrace it because it can help us get better. Because it, it sets boundaries for us. Erwin McManus, um, who is not a psychologist but has seen many of them, um, he, he puts it this way. He says, whatever you fear establishes the boundaries of your freedom. Whatever you fear establishes the boundaries of your freedom. Think about that. If you're afraid of heights, what are you going to do? You're going to stay low. If you're afraid of people, what are you going to do? You're going to stay alone. If you're afraid of tight spaces, you're not going to live in New York or ride the six train, (laughs) you know? Um, Whatever you fear establishes the boundaries of your freedom. And if you dig down into that a little bit further, you see that, that whatever you fear actually fuels your choices. It fuels your actions. It, it shapes your perspective on things. And so, it, 
even if there is no such thing as the fear of the Lord, we need to figure out how to deal with fear because fear in a lot of ways controls us. Fear in many ways has mastery over us. And what we need to appreciate is that anything that we fear and thus has mastery over us that isn't God doesn't have our best interest in mind. Proverbs 29.25 says, The fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Have you ever lived your life in fear of what people think about you? Fear that you'll be rejected by them. Fear that, um, that you won't live up to the expectations. Fear that maybe you will hurt them by something that you do. Uh, what Proverbs is saying is those fears ensnare you. Those fears imprison you. Those fears put boundaries on your freedom that God never intended. But it says that he who trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Um, when, we, when we let those other fears have mastery over us, we do not experience the, the contentment and the, um, the life, the satisfaction, the fulfillment that God created us for, that Christ came to give us. See, when you focus your fear on anything other than God, you are now a slave to something that does not have your best interest in mind. So do you see how the fear of the Lord begins to make sense? If whatever you fear establishes the boundaries of your freedom, and if whatever you fear has mastery over you, doesn't it make sense to refocus all of your fear on the one who created you and gave his son for you so that you might have the fullness of life. Yes. It made sense. That's where wisdom begins. Because when we fear the Lord, we are able to experience this fullness of life that allows us then to bring health or to experience health ourselves and to bring health and well-being to other people. I want to leave Proverbs for just a minute and go to this passage in the New Testament. This is from 1 John 4. Here's what John says. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. And then he says, there is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Do you see the paradox? The paradox is if we fear the Lord, if we fear God, we respect Him and and revere Him and awe Him and, and even be terrified of Him, at times. If we will put God in his rightful position, guess what? We come to experience that he is a God of love. 
that he is a God of perfect love. And when we experience his perfect love as demonstrated in the cross of Jesus Christ where God took the wrath that was intended for me and he poured it out upon Jesus and therefore the judgment that was due me was meted out on him, what do I have to be afraid of? You see, what God does in his love is he erases all the boundaries of other fear and he redraws them with the boundary of love. Isn't that a great paradox? Because if I fear him, then I experience his love. And when I experience his love, all other fear is gone. And I am free to just bask in who he is. For some of us, the only thing that keeps us from being worse than we are is the fear of judgment. But God has so much confidence in the power of love that he can erase the lines of fear because he knows that that love will create a new line, that love will create new boundaries. And now we won't make decisions because between good and evil because we're afraid afraid of judgment. But now we'll make decisions between good and bad or or good and best because now we we have experienced love and, and we're just trying to expand love. And that's why when I asked at the beginning um if the people who are wisest are bring a relational and emotional health it's because they're not bound by these other fears. But in some way, they are trying to expand love. And that's what draws us to them. That's what makes us feel healthier. Anyone play hearts? Who play? Dave Page plays hearts. Any? <laughs> Um, the the game of hearts is, is a game that our family plays on vacation because five people can play it. Um, but when you really think about hearts, hearts is not a game about winning. It's a game about not losing. Right? Because you don't, you're not trying to take the most tricks. You're just trying not to get the most hearts. You don't... Because each heart stands for one, and then the queen of spades stands for, is, counts for 13 hearts. You know this game, anybody? Okay. So in our family, and I hope this set's okay with some of you, but, but we call it pooping on each other. Okay? When I drop a heart on you, I'm pooping on you. And so the, the object of the game of hearts is not to get pooped on. And when you get the queen of spades dropped on you, you got royal poop coming down, okay? So that's, that's what we do in our family on vacations. A lot of people live life like it's a game of hearts. And the goal is just to not get pooped on. The goal is... 
not really to move forward, not really to take tricks, but to stay back because I'm afraid of what might happen if I do this. But friends, God didn't create you to live life so that you walked timidly through it, afraid of what might happen. God created you to live life to win, to live life in abundance, to experience the fullness of his love. And when we fear him, that's what we do. But when we fear other things, we're just going through life hoping not to get pooped on. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom because the fear of the Lord frees us to live life to the fullest. There's one other little aspect to this. And this is in um, um, Proverbs 22.4. It says, Humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honor and life. Humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honor and life. I have seen just way too many people who live life as if they are in charge. They are in control. They call the shots. They're just playing cards at reckless with reckless abandon, not worried about the consequences. And then all of a sudden, the queen of spades gets dropped on them, and they wonder why. You see, there's a difference between living with the fear of the Lord, which gives me confidence to live life freely. There's a difference between that and between being arrogant and thinking I can do whatever the heck I want to do and it has no consequences because I'm the fate of my, I'm the captain of my ship. I'm the master of my fate. I'm the, you know, when I revere myself more than God, that's when I'm going to get pooped on. And that's when it's all going to go south because that kind of arrogance leads to sin, and the wages of sin, Scripture says, is death. But humility, when we humble ourselves, we say, God, you are God and I am not. I, I understand you are in charge and I am not. And when I humble myself, when I fear God, the wages of that... Scripture says, are riches and honor and life. Fear is a word to live by. Fear is a word that has potential to give us life. But it's not the fear of anything. It's the fear of the Lord. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord leads to contentment. The fear of the Lord brings peace and prosperity. The fear of the Lord 
enables us to experience his love that drives out all other fear. The fear of the Lord frees us so that we can live the most extraordinary life that God has wired us to live. And when we step into that, we then not only experience his blessing, but we are then enabled to be a blessing to others. And that's why the fear of the Lord is the beginning. Let's pray. You know, while we've got our, our heads bowed and eyes closed, I, I just want to ask you to think of, consider a couple of things. If you're here this morning and, and you've never thought about fearing God and you, you haven't, you've never started a relationship with God through Jesus, that's where it all starts. And you can start that today. You can begin to experience God's freedom today as you experience his love. And it just comes, it starts with you just recognizing that, that he is God and you are not. That you are a sinner in need of a Savior and that you recognize that Jesus died on a cross for your sin. That he was raised from the dead for your justification. And that he invites you into this relationship of love that casts out all other fear. If, If you've never started that relationship, then you can choose to do that today. You, in your own words, just say, God, I want to begin today with you today. And if you've been walking with Jesus for a while, but fear holds you back. my encouragement to you is to lean into the love of Jesus. Recognize again what he did for you on the cross and ask yourself the question, what would my life look like if I didn't fear anything but God? And begin to live in that Lord Jesus, we thank you that you died. We thank you that you rose. We thank you that you came again, um, came back from the dead so that you could give us forgiveness, mercy, grace, and love. I pray that we would live in that place because how, how radical that is.